Well, good morning, Johnson Ferry. Welcome to worship. As others have said, hope that you had a great holiday. My name is Stephen, one of the staff pastors here, and uh, just thrilled to be with you as we now go to God's Word. Now, my family spent our holiday in North Alabama, so as my kids are getting just a little older next week, they'll be 10, 8, and 6. So as they've gotten a little older, I've gotten to invoke the privilege of dad jokes. And so in the car, we got to share some dad jokes. You know what? I thought, what better way to start off a holiday Sunday than a few Thanksgiving dad jokes? Uh, and you guys can thank me later. It's okay. Number one, what do you call rain on Turkey Day? Foul weather. Number two, why was the turkey asked to join the band? He could bring his own drumsticks. Just two more, don't worry. (laughs) Number three, what do sweet potatoes wear to bed? Yammies. This side is making noises. This side is not. Number four, the last one, what sound does a turkey's phone make? Wing, wing. All right. Good job. Hey, this morning, Thanksgiving Sunday, but we're going to spend a time and we're going to talk about thankfulness. We're going to talk about gratitude. Now, the danger of us talking on a holiday weekend about thankfulness and about gratitude is that it can be easy for us to put it in a Thanksgiving box, a holiday box, where we say, oh, great, that's something we talk about this one time a year, and then outside of this one time a year, it doesn't really matter. But as we're going to see, and looking at our text for today in Colossians, we're going to see that we are called as followers of Jesus to live out thankfulness in all things and at all times. In fact, we see in the Old Testament that God's people, the Israelites, were called to live a life of thankfulness. And then as we move to the New Testament and the New Covenant, we see the church is called time and time again to live out gratitude and thankfulness. So our base text for this morning is going to be Colossians chapter 3. But first I want to read, this is a verse in 1 Thessalonians. So Clay, our our senior pastor, actually shared this verse with some of our staff during a devotion. And I thought it'd be appropriate for us to kick off this morning with this verse, and then we'll go to Colossians in just a moment. But this is 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 through 18. It says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Why read this verse? Here we see that giving thanks is part of God's will for our lives. As followers of Jesus, it is part of God's will that we would display gratitude and thankfulness in all that we do. Why is it important that we think about this with God's will? Well, anytime we see God's will as it pertains to how we are to live, there is an act of obedience that is a part of that. And we're going to talk about how we will be growing in gratitude. But at the same time, as followers of Jesus, there are going to be steps that we can take as part of our sanctification, our growth in Christ, where we can be cultivating and growing gratitude and thankfulness in our lives. So as we talk about this topic, 
as we think about growing in Jesus, two things happen. As we grow in gratitude, as we grow closer to Jesus, we get a bigger and better picture of who Jesus is, and that produces gratitude. But then we also, as we grow closer to Jesus, we get a fuller picture of who we are apart from Jesus and our sin, our brokenness, our flesh, and we see our need for Jesus. And again, we grow in thankfulness. But I think if we were all honest, there are barriers to us experiencing gratitude in our lives, right? We, every one of us has times where we are not thankful. Why is that? There are a number of enemies of gratitude. So uh, before we get into the enemy, so you should have a blank sheet of paper in your welcome guide. I know many of you during our Parable City uh, series said you really want to fill in the blanks. We're almost there. We promise they're coming back, uh, but you got the blank sheet today. One nugget for us to kind of kick off this morning is simply this. If we are growing in Christ, then we are growing in gratitude. If we are growing in Christ, then we are growing in gratitude. You can't divorce these two statements. You can't separate them. It's not possible for you to be growing in Jesus and not also growing in thankfulness. But there are a number of enemies of gratitude. So I want to list four. Now, you might be able to think of some other enemies of gratitude that just come to your mind, but I want to list four Again, these are all common enemies that we all struggle with from time to time. The first might be the most prevalent, and that's number one is comparison, if you want to jot that down. The number one enemy of gratitude is comparison. I want you to think for just a second about what you used to have to do to see someone's pictures. I want you to think about this. Go back about 15 years. So some of you might not be able to do that, but... Go back 15 years, and I want you to imagine what you had to do to see someone's wedding pictures, baby pictures, vacation pictures. You had to first get in your car and drive to someone's house. Then someone would say, hey, do you want to see my book of wedding pictures? And then each of us lied and said, yes. (laughs) And then... You would sit awkwardly for 20 minutes as you flipped through someone's picture book, looking at their cute little baby, and you would think to yourself, man, that really does look like an alien. So those are the things that we would have to do to see other people's pictures. But think about what we have to do now to see someone's pictures. You just go online. You go to some form of social media. I know I'm older, so I go on Facebook, and instantly what pulls up is what? Picture after picture of people's vacations, of people's holidays, of people's uh, promotions. You've got pictures of people's engagements, weddings, all that stuff. It's right there for you to see all the time. And it's really hard not to quickly go to comparison. So if you're a single adult who is struggling with your singleness, it's easy to go to comparison as you see other pictures of people who are in a relationship. Maybe you struggle with infertility and you're seeing all these pictures of somebody and their their new baby. And so it's easy to jump to comparisons. Maybe it's simply looking at the the guy down the street who's posting all of his gadgets and all the stuff that he buys with all of his money. And it can be easy for us to jump to comparisons. And comparisons rob us of joy 
Comparison robs us of thankfulness and a thankful heart. I mean, that's the reason that I don't have a gym membership. I don't want other guys to have to compare themselves to me. So I just stay at home for their sake. We all have different things in our lives, right, that lead us to comparison, which is never healthy. Number two enemy of thankfulness and gratitude, and this might be what I struggle with the most, it's quickly going to a critical spirit. How often, how quickly we can go to a critical place. Many of us have already reviewed the restaurant before we even leave, give the, the Yelp review, comment on the bad service, or we, we, I love movies. I'll rate the movie as I'm sitting watching the credits, right? Haven't even left the theater and I'm already reviewing, critiquing. Sometimes, if we're honest, we even do it when we're at church, right? We leave and we say, hey, what'd you think of the music today? What'd you think of the sermon? What about the connect group lesson? We can be so quick to go to a critical place. Now, that doesn't mean we shouldn't have opinions. That doesn't mean we shouldn't think some things are better than others, right? That's all natural. But we all know when we cross that line, when we quickly get into a critical space, a critical space space. Maybe that's something that you struggle with. Number three, enemy to gratitude is unmet expectations. We all have unmet expectations. Many of us grew up and you heard the message, be who you want to be, do what you want to do, go where you want to go. We all know you you hit your 30s and you kind of figure out pretty quickly that that's not always true. So we all have unmet expectations. I mean, think about me. I'm 38 years old. I was supposed to be retiring this year from the NBA, but it didn't work out that way. Unmet expectations. What are unmet expectations? We already talked about comparisons when we compare ourselves to other people. Unmet expectations is merely when we compare ourselves, our truth, our reality to what could have, should have been. And it robs us of joy. It robs us of thankfulness and gratitude. But then number four, enemy of gratitude is dissatisfaction with the world. We know as followers of Jesus that we we have this hole in our heart that can only be filled by fulfillment in Jesus. But yet, like the world, we so often try to meet that need with the things of this world. And just like the world finds that always to leave them empty, we too find that those things of the world leave us empty. Maybe you were kind of captured the way I was this last month with the the passing away, the death of Matthew Perry. Matthew Perry was one of the the main actors in the show Friends, super famous, super rich, and um, passed away suddenly, unexpectedly, and a number of quotes have come out since his passing. And one of the quotes that I've read in in several different articles talks about this prayer he prayed when he was first starting off in acting. And he prayed this prayer and he said, God, I just want to be famous. Make me famous and you can do whatever else. But then he talks about, he then weeks later landed the role in Friends. Six months later, he said he had bought everything he wanted to buy. He had purchased everything he could ever have imagined purchasing. 
and he was completely empty. And if you know his story, this then led to really a life and years and years of substance abuse and addiction, and then an untimely death. The world is searching for something and it's leaving them empty, but even as followers of Jesus, one of our barriers to thankfulness or gratitude is that we too seek after the things of this world. These are just four examples of enemies of gratitude. I'm sure you can think of some others. But why talk about this today? And this, if, if you're writing down notes, if you're jotting down on, on your little sheet, you might want to jot this down. One of the ways the church can be a light is by counterculturally being thankful in all things. One of the ways the church can be a light is by counterculturally being thankful in all things. It's the message of the world. We know it. You need more money. You need more popularity. You need more degrees. You need more fame. You need more comfort. Whatever it is, you need more. But the message of Jesus is always, I have more than enough in him. It's always the case. Two messages and they're counter-cultural. But what about this phrase, being thankful in all things? There's a difference between being thankful in all things and being thankful for all things. Does, Does it mean that we have to be thankful with the cancer diagnosis? Do we have to be thankful when we lose a job? Do we have to be thankful if we're going through a divorce? Do we have to be thankful for an addiction that we're going through or sin that we're struggling with? Do we have to be thankful for those things? I don't think so. But the scripture does tell us that we are to be thankful in all things. And that means we are looking for opportunities as we're in challenging seasons Regardless of how we got there, we are looking for reasons actively as followers of Jesus where we can find places of gratitude and thankfulness to God. One of the best examples I think about this is we've all probably experienced a Caring Well page. Caring Well, if you're not, not familiar, it's a website where people who are walking through or their family is walking through health challenges will post uh, updates, health updates, right? You've, you've all probably seen or used a Caring Well page. How uplifting is it when you've read a Caring Well page where the individual or the family, they comment on all the struggles and they comment on the challenges and and what the doctors are saying and what the road ahead looks like. But in the middle of giving the tough news, they find ways to be encouraging, to share moments of thankfulness, to share the blessings that they are experiencing in the midst of their trials. It doesn't mean they're necessarily thankful for what they're walking through, but they are being thankful in the journey and through the journey. And I think if that's uplifting for me, for many of you as followers of Jesus, think about how countercultural that type of message is going to be to a world that lives on the, the, the thought that I always have to have more to be satisfied. I always have to have more to truly be thankful and have gratitude. So we're going to look now in Colossians. This is chapter three. So we already read First Thessalonians, but we're going to go just one book back 
to Colossians. This is also written by Paul. We're going to read three verses. This is Colossians 3, verses 15 through 17. I know we're a little later in the message, but for those of you in the room who are physically able, let's stand as we honor God through the reading of his word. This is Colossians 3, 15 through 17. Let the peace of Christ, to which you were indeed called in one body, rule in your hearts and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in the hearts to God. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Let's pray. Jesus, I pray as we now look to Colossians, to your word, Lord, that you would speak through your word, that your spirit would speak. Give us open hearts, open eyes, open ears to receiving your word. Lord, I pray that you would show us areas in our lives where we are not living out thankfulness and gratitude. Lord, you would show us the enemies of gratitude that we have already succumbed and fallen short to. Lord, guide us now as we look at your word. Be honored in all that we do. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, you can have a seat. So as we look at these three verses, we're just gonna take a nugget from, from each verse. Start with verse 15. I'm gonna read it again. It says, let the peace of Christ to which you were indeed called in one body rule in your hearts and be thankful. We've already shared in different ways, but the first nugget from verse 15 is gratitude is rooted in Christ. Gratitude is rooted in Christ. If you have Christ, everything else is extra. As we say in the South, everything else is gravy. We are rooted, our gratitude is rooted in Christ. And more specifically, we see in verse 15, the peace of Christ that is rooted in us leads to then thankfulness. Peace is an important word in Scripture. Paul, we've talked about Paul a good bit, but Paul in the book of Romans also uh, written by Paul. So in Romans, Paul talks about we are enemies before Christ with God. But it is through Jesus that we have now been reconciled to the Father. And not only have we been reconciled to the Father, we now have the gift of reconciliation that we bring to the world. But we have peace in Christ. Think about peace. I, I remember, so I, I mentioned I'm a, a big a movie buff. I remember when I was a kid, I loved movies, but I had never seen any movie that you might label scary. But I remember when I was in fifth grade on VHS, students, you can ask your parents what that is later, on VHS came out the movie Jurassic Park. Now, we've got a screen just to remind you, you've probably seen the movie or or one of the movies. Jurassic Park, it was a famous movie directed by Steven Spielberg. It made a whole lot of money. And I remember when it came out on VHS, my best friend Robbie, his mom bought it for him at Kmart. Students, you can ask your parents what Kmart is. And I remember he said, Steven, come over to my house. Let's watch Jurassic Park. So I go to my mom and I say, mom, can I go to my friend's house to watch Jurassic Park? And my mom said, you can go, just don't have nightmares. As if I can control that. 
no problem. So I go to my best friend's house and so me and some other dudes, we're all sitting around watching this Jurassic Park. Now, if, if you haven't seen Jurassic Park in a while, spoiler alert, but it is almost 30 years old. Um, in the first two minutes of the movie, someone is eaten by a dinosaur. And I remember sitting there in my friend's living room thinking, Stephen, you made a bad choice. <laughs> I'm assuming that more people are going to be eaten by dinosaurs. And this is going to be a really long two hours. So what do I do as I'm sitting there? I can't leave because there's all these guys in there and they're going to make fun of me if I leave. So what I would do is every 15 or 20 minutes, I would get up and I would go to the restroom. I would close the door and I would stare at the mirror and I would talk myself into going back out for another stint. But every 15 or 20 minutes, I just needed a moment of peace Peace is such an important part of the Christian walk. How thankful are you for those of us who are in Christ? You know, when I was watching that movie, I had temporary peace. But we are promised in Jesus, permanent peace. I love this verse. I'm actually going to read it. This is Romans 8, 38 through 39. This is a verse we read quite often here. Let me read this again. It's going to be up on the screen. Permanent peace. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We are rooted in permanent peace that is found in Jesus, and that leads to thanksgiving in our lives. The wording here in verse 15, it says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. This word rule is only used one time in the New Testament in this way. And the image that it gives, you ready for this? It's an umpire. Many of you watched some football, basketball over the holiday. and You saw different referees, umpires. The image that we give here is that the peace of Christ in you, the believer, is literally helping you stay in bounds. It's helping you follow the right path. I love our upward programs here at Johnson Ferry. I've got young kids who are in the upward program, and I love it because our referees, our umpires, they not only help the kids obey the rules and tell when the ball's gone out of bounds, but they instruct the kids, especially the young ones, on how to improve, how to get better, how to focus. Here we have this picture of this umpire, the peace of Christ that's living in you, that's directing you day to day to live out gratitude and thankfulness. Our gratitude is rooted in Jesus. Let's read the next verse. This is verse 16. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Not only is gratitude rooted in Jesus, but gratitude, church, is cultivated in the word and in worship. Gratitude is cultivated in the word and in worship. What does Paul say? He says, let the word of Christ richly dwell within you. Have it make its home inside of you. 
That means that there is, Johnson Ferry, a direct correlation with your time in the word and the thankfulness and gratitude in your heart. Are you reading the word? Are you studying the word? Are you memorizing the word? Are you reflecting on the word? Are you meditating on the word? Are you listening to the word? Are you listening to sermons that are rooted in the word? There's a direct correlation with our time in the word and the thankfulness that is cultivated in our hearts. But not only that, we see that it is cultivated through our worship. Now, I know, John Severi, we're kind of preaching to the choir here. We're, we're speaking to a room that's filled with people that are here on a holiday weekend, right? I get it. We're preaching to the choir. But we all need that reminder, that assessment for us. Are we regularly having time of worship? Now, certainly worship can mean personal worship, worship that you do in your car, worship that you do at your home. But I think specifically what we see here is Paul is talking about corporate worship how we speak to each other. It says speak to each other in psalms, in singing, in hymns. So when we come together on a Sunday morning and we are singing together, yes, we are singing to God. And that takes the focus off of us and puts it on God. But what we're also doing is we're singing these truths over each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, as the church. So you better be singing loud when we're singing on a Sunday morning. That's part of the corporate worship experience because as we do this as the body of Christ, it cultivates thankfulness and gratitude in our lives as we celebrate who God is and what he's done. And we take a moment to forget what's going on in our own lives. I uh, love this quote. So there's a quote, this is J.I. Packer. J.I. Packer wrote a real famous book called Knowing God. He's passed away, but I want you to look at this. We'll have this up on the screen, but here's J.I. Packer. We need to discover all over again that worship is natural to the Christian as it was to the godly Israelites who wrote the Psalms and that the habit of celebrating the greatness and graciousness of God yields an endless flow of thankfulness, joy, and zeal. You regularly participating in worship will produce thankfulness, joy, and zeal. Worship and the word are part of what God uses to cultivate gratitude in our hearts. Now let's go to the final verse. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. The final nugget is that gratitude is applied in all situations. Gratitude is applied in all situations. That's the big, and it's also the small. That means in the big, we celebrate, right? We celebrate during the engagements, the weddings, the babies. We celebrate when people come to Christ, when you've been praying for your neighbor or your coworker for months, and they come to Christ. And then you get to participate in their believer's baptism. We celebrate, right? That's something we want to celebrate as a church. Those are the the big things. I think about the story in Luke chapter 17. You remember the story of Jesus and the lepers, the 10 lepers? If you remember this story, there are these 10 lepers, they're living together. We, we don't know the details about their disease, 
Leprosy is kind of a general term that's just used for skin ailments. And so uh, these men have the skin ailment that causes them likely to have to live apart from everyone else. That's why you had leper colonies, right? They, they would come and live together because they couldn't live with their families anymore. They couldn't do their jobs. They weren't allowed to worship because they were unclean. And so here are these 10 lepers and they cry out to Jesus as he's passing along. And Jesus heals all 10. This is a a, a big deal. Nine of the lepers rush towards the temple, part of the process of them going through the cleansing so they can return to their regular life, to their families, their jobs, their, their worship. But what do we read? There's one guy. What does he do? Before he goes and joins the other nine, he turns and he comes to Jesus. He falls at his feet. He worships Jesus. He thanks Jesus. And Jesus says, weren't there nine others? Weren't there 10? He said, today your faith has healed you. See, that day, that man got to, to celebrate double. He was healed physically, but he was also healed spiritually. So we celebrate the big things But something I have to work on is celebrating and being thankful for small blessings. Some of you are really good about identifying God's blessings all throughout your day, all throughout your life. And that's something that I've got to work on. I've got to look for God in the small things. But we're called here in Scripture. It says, in word and in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then we give thanks through him to God the Father. So as we think about what it looks like to be believers who are growing in Christ, which means growing in gratitude, as we wrap up our time, I want to share just five basics, five simple things that you could consider adding to your regular routine. Now, we know gratitude is ultimately rooted, it's cultivated, and it's applied through the Holy Spirit at work in your life. But as part of our growth in Christ, there are things we can do to cultivate this thankfulness. The first is you could have a gratitude journal. I know some of you think the idea of journal and you get nauseous, but but all a gratitude journal is, it's something where maybe a few times a week, you just jot down a few things that you're thankful for. It could be if you live with others, whether it's family or maybe a roommate, you you just share, share with them a few times a week. Hey, what's something that you're thankful for? That way, next year at Thanksgiving, you ever been sitting at the Thanksgiving table and then someone, it's usually a mom says, let's all share one thing we're thankful for, right? It's every man's just worst dread and you're like, oh man. And then you're thinking, I got to think of something that no one else is thinking of. And of course, somebody says family, somebody says health, somebody says job. And you're like, I don't know my dog. Uh, But next year, you could just pull out that journal and say, oh, here, let me just flip. Here's one thing that I'm thankful for for this past year. You could have a gratitude journal. Number two, regularly serve others who are less fortunate. We tend to do that during the holidays around Thanksgiving or, or Christmas. But why not do it regularly? cultivating in us service leading to gratitude. Number three, what if you took a break from social media? If social media or some other practice is leading you to to the comparison game, take a few weeks off and see what God does to your heart. What could you take a step away from so that you're not constantly in that comparison game? Number four, 
my dad's really good at this. I'm not good at this. But number four is write a weekly note of thankfulness. That could be a thank you note where you think about, hey, what's something someone did? Maybe you just text it. I know some of you, you know, a handwritten note's kind of weird, but you could just text and say, hey, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for when you did this. I'm thankful for when you said this. Or it could be a note of encouragement. You know someone's going through something and you just write them a little note. Cultivating thankfulness in our lives. Number five, consider reordering your prayers. What do I mean by that? Maybe you've heard of the, the prayer acronym ACTS. That might be how you pray, what guides your prayers. It's just A-C-T-S. The ACTS acronym is a way to pray where you start with A, which is adoration. So you start off with, I'm going to pray about who God is and what he's done. Then you move on to C, which is confession. That's not confession for the need to confess so my sins will be forgiven. As a follower of Jesus, our sins are already forgiven, past, present, and future. But we confess as a way of having a healthy relationship with God the Father. Then that leads to T, prayers of thanksgiving, where you tell God what you're thankful for, specifically through Jesus. And it's only after you've prayed A, C, T, that then you get to S. And then you pray supplication, which is just kind of a fancy word for praying for people's needs. It's praying for your own needs. It's praying for other people's needs. We still do that. It's not bad to pray about our needs, but we just make sure that it only happens after we've had those times of adoration, confession, and then thanksgiving. So maybe you could consider trying reordering your prayer as a way to cultivate and grow thankfulness in your life. Now, I know that there are some of you in the room who are not yet a follower of Jesus. And at Johnson Ferry, we always want to make sure that you know that there is the opportunity for you to enter in to the peace that comes from Jesus that leads to thankfulness that you can experience that today. Maybe you're sitting here today, Johnson Ferry, and you're thinking, man, I don't know that I can truly be thankful to Jesus because I don't really know Jesus. We have a response team to my right, your left. We have staff and volunteers that are gonna be out in the pergola in our, in our atrium. Men and women that would love to talk with you about what it means to start a relationship with Jesus where you can experience the peace that leads to true thanksgiving. We want you to know about Jesus living the perfect life you could not live, dying a death on the cross that you deserved, and then raising from the grave three days later, defeating your sin, your hell, your death, Satan, so that you can now have a relationship with your creator. And that opportunity is here for you today. But for the many of you in the room, the many of us who are already followers of Jesus, the call for us is pretty simple. We're about to enter into a world that says more, more, more. And we have a message that we can say, but also live out that says, I have more than enough in Jesus, which leads to me having gratitude. Let's pray about that. And we're gonna sing one more time. Jesus, we are so thankful for your word thankful for Colossians and the reminder that we have that our thankfulness and gratitude is rooted in you. It's cultivated in our time in the word and in worship. 
then we have the privilege of, of living it out in all situations, in the big and the small. Lord, may you challenge us now. Show us areas, each of us, where there are areas where we are not living out gratitude. And Lord, may we remove, may we bust through these barriers, these enemies of gratitude that so easily tie us down because we're so thankful for you, for who you are, for what you've done in our lives. May we now live that countercultural message to a world that says more, more, more. Jesus, we love you. We trust you. You are more than enough. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen.